It's time to redefine and align to the badass leader and mother you really are. I'm your host, Nicole Weston. I have been coaching moms for the last decade on aligning to what they truly desire so they can be present with their family, create the most successful business, all while having it all. We're gonna be talking to moms all around the world who are diving into what does it mean to take care of myself? What does it mean to redefine motherhood so I can live it on my terms, so I can have it all? It's time to rise, and here's the thing, we can't do it alone. Join us as we have some of the most important conversations about how moms are taking their pain and turning it into their purpose. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode on Redefine and Align. I am your host, Nicole Weston, and I am so grateful you are here. Today, we sat down with Laura, and Laura is a fitness advocate and the owner of the CrossFit gym in our local town here. And today, we dove into her passion for why she does what she does, which, as you know, is exactly what the show is all about. As mamas, we definitely go on a journey. And what I have seen over and over again are how we have turned our biggest pain into our purpose. And today, Laura shares all of her journey with us. What I loved about this conversation is her commitment to continue to share and how important that is to to our community of moms. There is so much shame around the things that we experience in motherhood in relation to our physical bodies, our mental and emotional minds, and all of the things that come with motherhood. And without creating a space for us to dive in and to share, all of those feelings can stay trapped inside of ourselves, what I like to call the shame box, like Brene Brown, and without really having a safe container to talk about what we're experiencing, the shame can really start to consume us. So I have the most amount of gratitude for each and every woman on this show. And Laura, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Laura shared her story with us around her um, journey and why she focuses on women's health um, post pre and post natal. And all of the work that she is doing with moms in the community to help them know and to understand their changes that their body is making uh, postpartum. She also talks about how there's just way too much focus on this whole bouncing back after baby and that it just really does not set us up um, for success. It, It really does have psychological and physiological damage. And she focuses on helping women understand what is realistic and provide a reasonable roadmap to their fitness. She said it's partly because of her own experience that she didn't have the support after having her daughter. And she is really focused on helping other women create that community, understanding themselves, and really getting back to um, being in alignment with who they are postpartum. She really hopes that her story will help reshape the standard of care for women in postpartum, especially, and help them to understand how to heal their bodies properly. And on top of all of this greatness, because of 
the times that we are in with COVID. Laura does share her, her very, very difficult decision to close her CrossFit gym. This is airing on um, December 9th, and the gym will be officially closed on December 18th. Um, if you are listening and you know Laura, send her all of the love. She has made the most impossible choice, but as she has said, it is the only choice to make. I feel for you. I am here with you. And as you will hear in our, in our conversation, her strength and perseverance, her optimism, and just feeling super aligned with where she is at and what is to come is inspirational. So Laura, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you are new here, um, please uh, check us out on my Instagram at the Nicole Weston. You can also subscribe. We drop a new episode every Wednesday and your reviews and ratings definitely help reach more moms out there in the community. If you haven't yet joined us on the Facebook community, I do have one called More Than Moms, and it's really focused on taking care of ourselves so that we can show up and be our best in business, in life, and with our families. Uh, and if you haven't joined us in there yet, I do have an upcoming master cl class um, all about the art of mastering no. And so if you haven't yet uh, added in there, please do, and all the details are to come. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and let's dive in. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. We just connected like a week and a half ago. Uh, well, we've been connected, but re reconnected about having you on the show. So I really love that you're here and you're like, you made it happen so quickly because you have a newborn at home and a three and a half year old. <laughs> I do. I do. I have a, I guess he's seven weeks old now, which is crazy. It goes so fast. Yes. Oh my goodness. So I would love for you to tell our listeners what you're up to right now. And um, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to right now. Sure. So I, uh, I wear many hats, but um, primarily my focus is on working with uh, pre and postnatal women um, in fitness. So not, I'm not a fat loss coach or a weight loss coach, but um, typically I work with women to sort of understand their pre and postnatal bodies, mm. um, to figure out what they need to keep themselves safe if they want to exercise during pregnancy mm. and then how to recover safely, um, postpartum. And I got into it thinking it would be just a fitness thing. Um, but I've realized over the years that it's so much more than just exercise um, there's so much stigma and I'm sure we'll get into it, um, <laughs> about being a postpartum woman. And I think oftentimes I become a little bit more of a, of a support system and a therapist in some ways, um, mm -hmm. rather than just, and an advocate for your body rather than just a physical trainer. Ooh, I just got goosebumps. Cause I was thinking really hard around advocate. Like you are absolutely mm -hmm. advocating and I remember my postpartum going like, how come like, there's like, how come this isn't bigger? How come there's no like, Hey, like let's, help your body not get back to what it was, but like, let it be strong and, and make space for the changes that have absolutely happened, you know? So I absolutely love everything that you're doing. So before we d jump into a lot of those pieces, um, you're on the show all about redefining and aligning back to, you know, who we are. Um, so I'd love to hear from you what redefining motherhood means to you. 
Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So for me, you know, I never, I never really grew up wanting to be a mom. That wasn't something that, um, that I really identified with. And for me, when I had my daughter, I felt like I really lost myself. I had identified as an athlete. I had identified as a person that, you know, was very fit. Um, and for me, I felt like that, that was lost because I felt like I had to be this version of motherhood that didn't really, that other people expected of me or that I thought was expected of me. Right. Um, but that wasn't really a natural fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for redefining motherhood, it's really just about finding what pieces of your pie that make you whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that motherhood is sort of one piece of my pie that makes me me. And it's not, it's not all of it. And that's okay. And I think landing there uh, took me some time. But once I did land there, it was very freeing. Um, and so really that, that's sort of what I hope I try to help other women to do as well. I love it all. I love it all. (laughs) Like I, I, I can relate so much to that. So much of those pieces. I definitely did not grow up thinking that motherhood was going to be my journey. I was like, Mm -hmm. I have cats here. They are dogs. It was dogs for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, these are your fur babies. Enjoy. Um, and then after a lot of deep work, I was like, Oh, like, I think this this could be something and it was something. And, you know, I've been in this journey of deep work for seven years and then Hannah came along and I was like, oh, <laughs> who am I? What is happening? Where, like, what, what does, what is this world? And I really connect it back to feeling really disconnected. And I think identity is such an important piece and really opening up what identity means for each and every one of us has that foundation for liberation and for freedom. Um, Mm -hmm. and really breaking free of the expectation of what everybody thinks motherhood should be and actually talking about what it is, which is why I like to have these conversations with moms. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, you know, a lot of women don't talk about it. And I think I love that you talk about it because Mm -hmm. I I work with a lot of women from a fitness perspective Mm -hmm. and people come to see me because there's something that they're not happy about with their body or whatever it may be. But often that's rooted in that sort of sense of losing themselves Mm -hmm. um, physically, which presents itself in so many other ways too. Yeah. So when you say, um, yes, 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 yes. To all of that, when you work in this community, I'll call it a sisterhood or, or, um, right. This community of women who are focused on, um, bringing their bodies back and, you know, with intentional focus, intentional movement, and really tuning in, what have you seen has been the biggest benefit from that community? I think the biggest thing is, you know, a sense of sharing. So whenever you work with me, I will be very open with you about the things that I went through physically. So, Mm. you know, postpartum, it's, I liken it to sort of being injured, right? You, you've had a baby that is a pretty major physical event whether you had a C-section or a vaginal delivery, however Mm -hmm. it went, you still grew Mm -hmm. a baby, you know, you still have to honor that. And I think that there's this sense that if you don't immediately return to where you were before, that somehow you have failed. Right. Um, And I I think for me, when I work with women, I try to be very um, open about my own experience, which for some people would could be deemed a failure for me, for me by no means is it, it is. But um, I think the biggest sense of community is just feeling okay with whatever it is that's happening with your body and knowing that you're not alone, whether it could be something embarrassing, like you may be experiencing incontinence or you may have a really weak core and things may look different than what you're, what you're used to, or you may be having painful sex and things like that aren't 
openly talked about and giving women the ability to talk about it um, and to feel okay about it and to find the resources to help them with it is really, really powerful. Yeah. Got goosebumps over here. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember going back to my uh, my OB at the six week mark, and I've had lots of conversations. One with Karen Hicks on our podcast talking about oh, how I this. I love Karen. Right, me too. Um, and and Dr. Danielle Watson too. She's so awesome. Having lots of great conversations with her. And Karen talked about how like at the six week mark, it was like okay, now you can have sex. So now everything is normal, and just that whole link to like, well, if you can have sex now, everything should be normal. And it's like, yeah, but what if I'm not? Like, what what if I'm not? And what happens there? So I thought that was a really interesting connection in terms of like, well, now you're ready. So the only indicator you need to know that you're ready to go back to life is that you can have sex now. It's like, well, I feel like there's so much more going on there. And I remember going back. And my OB and I was like saying to her, cause I had a C-section and I said, so what do I do with all this? Like, what's this? This is swollen, right? And she's like, no. I was like, no, but like, what do I, what happens now? And she's like, oh, that's, that's what everyone gets. You just get this pouch and that's what you have now. And I was like, oh, but I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know that. And then I was just like so shocked and there was no space, you know, granted she's a loving, beautiful person. It's sure. not her fault by any means, but there was no space built into it to be like, yeah, I know it sucks, right? Like that you, you went in with a body and now you're coming out and it, it's all different and it mm-hmm. feels completely numb. And she was like, yeah, you just have to exercise and eat well. And now that, that was all I got. And I was like, well, isn't there more? <laughs> like, uh, This is my third surgery on my abdomen. Like there has to be yeah. more. And so the last two years I've spent a lot of time breaking into that and getting reconnected to it. But it is quite um, an interesting, uh, just how much the body isn't really um, the focus for a woman afterwards, that it's the baby. It's all baby, which is great, but mama too. Yeah, I think it, it's one of the things that sort of um, upsets me the most about the way that women are um, supported or not supported throughout pregnancy and postpartum. I think especially if you have an obstetrician, and this is by no means me knocking obstetricians at all. Um, but in my experience and in talking with women, that experience is very baby focused. It's not very mom focused Mm -hmm. on the contrary, the women that I've worked with that have midwife care, that seems to be a little bit more mom focused at times. I can't speak from experience because I had OBs for both of my children, Mm -hmm. but this sort of six week healing concept, uh, is pretty damning, I think, because Mm -hmm. You know, you get cleared to either have sex or you get cleared to exercise with no restrictions. Right. And, and it's sort of like, okay, well, now I can go right back to doing whatever it was that I did before. And I'm going to listen to my body because that's what I am told. But I don't really know what I'm listening for. Right. And, you know, there's just because you're, you feel like you're ready doesn't mean that you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what people need to understand, especially when it relates to fitness and recovery, is the six-week marker, when you get that clearance, it's really just like, it's not a green light. Mm-mm. It's six weeks. Okay, now you can begin the process mm. of rebuilding and healing in an intentional way. Yeah. Right? Those first six weeks, there's some things that you can do, you know, starting to breathe properly and engage the right muscle groups and that sort of thing. But really, that's six weeks of essentially resting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get that clearance... It's really about, okay, now I can start to heal. Not 
now I can go back to doing exactly what I was doing before. Right. And that's where, the, that's where issues start to come up. And I had that experience because I didn't have the information three and a half years ago. So that was very much my, mm. my experience with my daughter, also Hannah. That's right. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot we were offline and I, and you said that and I was like, oh my God, yes, we both have a Hannah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we, we both, both have, have a Hannah. Hannah. <laughs> I love that. Um, so would you be open to sharing your experience? Because I find mm-hmm. a lot of women that I have on this show, they have experienced some level of pain, some level of like awakening that has led them into their purpose, which is seen through a passion project or their business or their purpose and their mission yeah. on what they're here for. So I'd love to hear kind of if you're open to sharing your journey on that. Yeah, totally. So um, as a bit of background, I own a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're going to talk about it a little bit, uh, a little bit later on, but um, <laughs> own a gym at the time, three and a half years ago, owned a gym, um, did CrossFit. I grew up playing sports. I was a competitive swimmer. I was a triathlete. Um, I competed in age group world championships as a triathlete. So um, really identified quite a bit as an athlete. That was mm-hmm. part of what made me me. Mm-hmm. Um, and after have during my pregnancy, um, was told by my OB that I could do CrossFit until my water breaks. I asked specifically, is there anything I need to change? And I was told, no, just listen to your body. Um, you're not going to hurt yourself or you're not gonna hurt the baby. You might hurt yourself, but, um, don't worry too much. You'll be okay. So, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. great. Uh, so I did that, you know, I started to, I modified a couple of things as I started to exercise where my belly would get in the way, but, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of super intentional changes that I made to my workouts. Um, and that's fine. I just sort of went through it and worked out and it was what it was. So then I had my daughter, got my six weeks clearance, and then went back to exercising because that's what I was told I could do. I, I was definitely not as fit as I was right. uh, before having my baby, but um, really just went, returned and, and listened, sort of went to see what my body was capable of again, not really participating or not really changing anything, just doing what I could do, Mm -hmm. um, whatever that meant. So, um, then I sort of started to have around that six week mark, I started to have, I started to pee my pants all the time. So Mm. it would be like throughout the day I would have, I would go through three or four pairs of pants and my husband would just know that I, you know, needed needed to bring some more underwear with me or another pair of pants or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, and started to, at, at a certain point, I was like, this is ridiculous. You know, right. this is, this can't be normal. Right. Um, and I had women before I got pregnant or during my pregnancy, sorry, saying, oh, well, just wait till you have kids. You're going to be peeing forever, whatever it may be. You're always going to need to pee. Um, that's just what happens. So in my mind, I was like, well, this is just what happened. So it took me a while to start being like, no, this, this can't possibly be what happens. Um, so I did a little bit of research and I found a pelvic floor physical therapist or mm. physiotherapist, depending on where you're listening from, um, <laughs> physiotherapist here in Canada, physical therapist in the States, but found one, um, long story short, found out that I had both the diastasis recti, which is a separation mm. of my, abdo- of my abdomen, right. um, it's actually a stretching of the linea alba if we're getting super technical, but for the purposes of this conversation, um, just stretching of the abdomen and it hadn't healed properly. Uh, and then I had uh, two pelvic organ prolapses, so which was causing all of this, this accidental urination that I was experiencing. So essentially two injuries um, related to postpartum. So a pelvic floor injury and a little bit of a core injury. Um, the pelvic floor injury is not something I will ever be able to reverse. 
Um, it is something that I can manage. Um, and my abdominal injury I was, is healed and I went through this pregnancy and it's fine. So, nice. um, so that's fine. But I, you know, sort of through my own experience, I'm thinking, I own a gym. I work in fitness. Hmm. How is it that I'm, I, I recognize that I'm not supporting pre and postnatal women the way that I should be as a gym owner? Um, and I definitely didn't support myself. Mm. So I sort of sought out to be who I needed at the time and didn't mm. have for other people. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And it's so needed. Like it is so it is. needed. It is so needed. And I think it's interesting the, the language around injury because if like how many women, this is a conversation I, w- I was having with um, Danielle on our podcast, um, Dr. Danielle Watson, when she was talking about like, just this idea of resting and how many women go for so long with just going, Oh, it's just, it's just my normal. And it's like, well, but what if we looked at it and we actually put, put women's bodies like forward and like saw them as like super important within the health industry as like, Mm -hmm. this is something that is completely transformational on a mind, body, spiritual way. And it's, there's nothing wrong, but there's some things that we can do to support this and, and, uh, and have recovery the same way, um, an athlete would injure their, their foot, this, the, the love and care that goes into that, the same thing needs to go into the uterus and, and the womb and, and the pelvic floor. I did pelvic floor therapy before Hannah arrived. I mean, I had a C-section, so <laughs> I was like, uh, I probably should have started right at the beginning, but I didn't really know about it until till then. But um, it's just interesting all the things we don't know, but I feel like we, I don't want to use the word should, but it would be so much more of a benefit to know about that, to just support ourselves in so many ways, rather than feeling embarrassed or like we did something wrong because something is happening with our bodies, you know? Yeah. And the challenge for women is that unless you know to ask about those specific things, nobody will tell you. Right. So I intentionally went through, I had a new obstetrician this time around. I'm not going to tell you who it is because it doesn't matter. They're lovely. Um, But sort of went into it kind of wanting to audit the process Mm. and just knowing what I know. um, I have a wonderful pelvic floor physical physiotherapist um, who I really leaned on during this pregnancy um, with Miles, my son. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was supported because I knew where to look. Right. But I, I went through my, with my OB just to sort of see, okay, are you going to ask me, tell me anything about my pelvic floor? You know, I have a prolapse, so I made that, I communicated that. Mm-hmm. Um, but really at no point was my pelvic floor discussed with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my six-week clearance just last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even have an internal exam, which mm-hmm. was very, very, very upsetting for me. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have heard me rant about that for a little while. Um, and so if, if you, there's nothing, you haven't done anything wrong. If you find yourself in a position where all of a sudden you're healing some things you didn't expect, or if your body's doing things that you didn't expect it to, because unless you have somebody telling you right. to go, or someone has told you, there's nobody that will. Right. And that's where the breakdown exists. And mm-hmm. fortunately, people like, um, like Danielle and like myself are starting to have these conversations a little bit more and trying to get them out there. But it's still, you know, in the grand scheme of people that are having babies versus the number of practitioners that are trying to educate and help um, is a huge disparity. 
Yeah, it's a huge, huge gap. And I think that's that stigma when you talk about like you knew, so you asked and you got the resources. But if you don't know, which most of us don't know because we didn't learn it in school and there's no class to take and and there's just this incredible, um, what's the word I want to use? There's this incredible expectation on the OB to just tell us everything. And that's really not their role. And and yeah. nor should it be. It shouldn't be one person's position to tell us everything, but it's just kind of like how in, in the office they have how to help your child learn how to read and how to help your child do this and all of these things. It's like, why isn't all of that plastered with like all of the other resources for a mom's body and for this incredible yeah. transformation that a woman is going to go through? Yeah. Where's that? <laughs> yeah. And that's not just like, that's just not just now, you know, I think more and more women are into athleticism now. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, sure, we're starting to see a little bit more of some of these issues come up, but I talked to women that had babies 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago that are still dealing with accidental incontinence or, um, painful sex or weak cores, back pain all of these things that can be related back to not rebuilding properly after having a baby that have never heard of a pelvic floor physiotherapist. Didn't even, don't know what their pelvic floor is, let alone that they have one. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of these things, right? We're not, it's not taught and it should be part of the process of when you're, whether you're going with your family doctor or your OB or whoever is delivering, there needs to be some, it doesn't have to take much. It could literally just be Nicole. Make sure you go see a pelvic floor physiotherapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all it needs to be. And then the pelvic floor physiotherapist can handle all of that for you. But um, yeah, it's, it's not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I've talked with a lot of women and it's that we're, we're noticing that gap and we're going, okay, so um, where can we you know, put in the resources? How can we fill that gap? And there's a lot of women right now. It's not so much doula. It's not social work. It's not therapy but there's this like postnatal worker and I don't know what the name is for it yet because it's, to me, it's very new. And I I think that would be, it's almost like a social worker for after body care. You know, it's like uh, social workers, in my opinions, as a former social worker, it's, it's having the resources and knowing who to connect with and knowing, you know, like what the source is and then saying, okay, this is what you need. This is what you need. And this is what you need. I feel like we all deserve that after, you know, I call it that initiation into parenthood. It's like, (laughs) can I get, sorry, can someone help me here? (laughs) Like what is going on? I was not expecting a lot of that stuff. Um, we had a doula because I didn't qualify for a midwife and she was phenomenal. Again, there's just so many pieces. So I really appreciate you sharing that story. And I hope that if someone out there is listening and they go, Oh, like maybe this isn't what I should have, or I don't want to have this, or if just something isn't sitting right that they do go seek, um, or message you for questions, I'm sure (laughs) because you have that community. Yeah. And a lot of those things sort of feel embarrassing. And I was embarrassed about them at first, right? Oh, yeah. I was like, I, I have to hide the fact that I sneeze and I pee my pants. I pick up my child and I pee my pants. These are things that, um, you know, obviously I wasn't super proud of because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm at the time 30 years old, this shouldn't be happening. Um, but I, I've realized and learned over the last few years of working with, frankly, hundreds of women um, that if I don't share who's going to, and it's, I'm totally okay with it. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. I have learned to manage it. I can Mm -hmm. still do all of the things or could do. Mm -hmm. I will work back to it. Um, (laughs) But all the things I was able to return to athleticism in the way that made me feel whole completely Mm -hmm. after my daughter, none Mm -hmm. of that stuff went away. 
Mm-hmm. Um, some things were a little different, mm-hmm. but I was able to sort of fill my, my cup up again um, with sport by mm-hmm. healing myself properly. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So on that note, I will share, um, you created and had a community and a CrossFit gym and, you know, leading your passion and your purpose and helping hundreds of women in this movement. And, you know, here we are in 2020, um, in a global pandemic and things have completely changed. Yeah. So how about you share with us where you're at with that? Because I have a feeling (laughs) that passion is still there um, and, and integrating all of these new changes. And so, yeah, how, how is all of that going for you? Yeah. So I will, yeah. In uh, 2016, my husband and I bought a CrossFit gym in the same town that, Mm -hmm. uh, that we connected in. And um, in January of this year, the gym was doing great. And uh, we sort of decided that it was time to um, have another child because we finally, after four years of pouring absolutely everything that we had into this business, I was finally in a place that we could ha- we could pay for enough for staff to coach all of the classes for a period of time and all of the, and you know take over my personal training clients temporarily and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then March fifteenth, twenty twenty happened. And uh, we got shut down for four months right. um, due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, we reopened at the end of July mm-hmm. and really just at no point were able to recover. So uh, we had to make the very, very difficult decision recently to uh, close our gym mm-hmm. permanently mm-hmm. Um, at, on the 18th of December. So I'm not sure when this is going to go live, but that mm-hmm. will be our last day. So as of today, that's I think 14 days away, two weeks away um, from being permanently closed. So uh, that's a huge, um, took a lot of work for me to get to a place where that felt okay um, Mm -hmm. to even be able to, well, it doesn't feel okay, but it feels okay for me internally. Um, Even to get to a place to speak about it without crying feels like, feels like a win. But yeah, so that's, that's going to be a big change for, for me upcoming for sure. Mm. There are so many things that I want to say about that. <laughs> First, I will say yeah. um, thank you for sharing and for you know sharing that piece of your story because you're in it right now, right? Yeah. You're in it. It's it's not like this is five months later or a year later. Mm-hmm. You know, you are in it, and I think that it's really important to talk about how uh, COVID has impacted so many of us in so many different ways. Um, yeah neither one is better or, or worse. Like they're all were being impacted. And for, for this to come to where it has been after all of that planning, because I, as a business owner too, you, you think about the future and you go, okay, so what needs to happen in order for me to step away and for yeah. really making that decision, this is an incredibly difficult place to be in. Um, and so I just thank you for sharing that because I know you're not alone in the community of, you know, fitness and small, not even small business. I don't even like saying that small business word, but businesses, businesses, right. Who are so, um, important within the community and especially within the community of, you know, mothers. So I'm just really grateful that you felt safe enough to share that on here and I will support you in any way that I can and in the future and, and where this is going. Um, what are your plans for the, for the, for the community and for the moms and, and what you have been doing? Has that been something that you guys have talked about? Yeah. I mean, 
you know, just to, to back up just a little bit, I think, you know, the, the challenge as a mom myself is this sort of decision had to come down to, you know, am I going to be a mother? Am I going to take care of my six week old child or am I going to run my business? And, um, you know, the only feasible way that we could have stayed open is for me to leave my infant and go back to a place where I'm coaching, you know, more. And, um, we just, uh, that's an impossible choice, but there's only one choice, yeah. you know? And, yeah. um, I think, you know, the support has been amazing and as heartbreaking as it is, um, you know, I feel like I'm abandoning <laughs> people, uh, which is really difficult, but, um, fortunately this climate has opened up the opportunity or opened up people's, um, minds to the idea of working out at home. And, um, prior to COVID, fortunately, I had sort of identified that I was able to, um, engage with the women in my community. So the women in Bradford, um, I worked with hundreds of women in Bradford that came through my gym. Um, and did my in-person classes. Mm-hmm. But prior to COVID, I had hired a business coach to try to figure out how I could reach more women mm-hmm. um, outside of just Bradford. Mm-hmm. So That's great. I actually created a 12-week postnatal course that I do as a group course. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not running it right now. I'm gonna, my intention is to run it, um, to start it again in January, sort of mid to end of January. We'll see, we'll yeah. see where my heart is at that, at that portion. So totally. um, I'm going to continue to do that. To, to work with women online, um, especially because, you know, bringing a baby into a gym environment right now, I think there's people have some uncertainty about that. Right. Um, so I'm hoping to use that. I'd also like to be able to offer virtual classes mm-hmm. um, and do some of that stuff online too. But um, I'm not, I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I work with women one-on-one online and I have done um, for the past, the past, well, how long has it been since COVID? Yeah. <laughs> Past 10 months. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been running my, I've had run two rounds of my 12 week program and I've been able to mm. work with women that way, which has been amazing. Oh my gosh. Amazing. And then, uh, yeah, my intention is to hopefully offer some live virtual classes as well. Um, just trying to now figure out what that all looks like because now I'm at home mm-hmm. with my two children <laughs> and how do I do that? So, um, it's definitely a big pivot. I know that I'm not alone. Um, as it relates to mothers, especially of young children needing to make major changes to the way that they um, experience their career, which is a whole other COVID complication that feels entirely unfair. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm curious and optimistic about uh, what the future looks like for sure. Mm. You have so much strength. And I just think right there, like that curiosity and the optimism is exactly, you know, why we need you, right? Why we need you to be in this space. Um, Of course, taking the space for yourself to integrate and, you know, try to kind of process everything that is, that is going on um, mixed with like the political issues, the sexist issues, you know, like it's not fair, but then, like you said, it is the only choice, you know, it's like, an impossible choice, but of course, you know, you have chosen your family. Um, and there's just a lot of emotions that are wrapped up in that. And I just really admire your strength and your, 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 um, I don't know if I, this is going to make sense, but just your alignment. Like if you're listening on the podcast, you won't be able to see it, but if you're watching the video, just your alignment energy is just very, you know, solid. And so I just, um, 
I really, really appreciate you sharing because these are the stories that we don't hear about on a regular basis. We're not hearing the impact, the secondary impact of what COVID um, has happened and what it's doing in the community. And especially as women and as mothers, that community has been essential. And that is one thing that we are all missing. We all talk about that village that we need to raise a family. And it just feels like that's the one thing that was cut right away. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I, uh, I may seem poised at the moment. I have done, I have done a fair amount of, of feeling misaligned on it, but mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, I've done a lot of self-work myself and I have was able to release myself of this feeling of failure relatively quickly. Um, I am a very proud person. I've worked very hard on my business. I was very proud of my business. Um, where we were in March, 2020 before, you know, we had a big annual event on March 8th where we had, you know, 50, 60 people in our gym, which for us is a lot. It's not a very big gym, this big community feel good event. And, you know, the gym was thriving and everything was going amazing. And then it was just like, yeah, that was it. And I really felt optimism when we opened in July, knowing that we needed to be at a certain place. Mm-hmm. in terms of membership in order to sustain it by December. And we just were nowhere close. And, right. um, you know, I'm not sure I've, I've played all the, all the angles in my head, you know, what, what could I have done? What could we have changed? And, um, sort of came down to, I don't think anything. And, right. um, I can feel okay with that knowing that so much of it is out of my control. And, I never got to have time with my daughter because we had the gym when I had her in terms of having a mat leave and really leaning into being a mother. Mm -hmm. Um, This time around with my son, it doesn't feel like such a big change because I already was a mother. Mm. You sort of have that initial step into motherhood where you're like, for me, it was, who's Laura? How do I fit into this role as, as mother? I don't know what that is. Right. Whereas this time around, it's like, no, I know very clearly what mm-hmm. that is. Um, and it's okay. It feels okay for me to lean into that, knowing that I gave my business everything that it had, I had, um, mm-hmm. and that I'm a very resilient person mm-hmm. <laughs> that I will be just fine. Yes, you will. <laughs> so many you? emotions. You got me. <laughs> you got me. Not on purpose. Not intentionally. Not intentionally. <laughs> Yeah. There's just a lot of acceptance and, um, and you can tell, like, here's the thing. This is what I talk about all the time with uh, clients in our community is like you, we as humans are allowed to feel joy and gratitude and, um, you know, feel secure and also feel like really angry and really sad and really emotional. And what is important, I think this, this, if I may, this message is that we are allowed to have both this duality of feeling super proud and super grateful for everything that has happened and yet feeling really sad that it's over and that it's okay. And that no matter what, we're going to be okay. And I think the messaging for so long um, in the mental health and in the emotional world has been you know, you just got to be happy. And that's not true because you can't actually withstand happiness for like 24 seven. And so to hear that you have been doing your work and releasing your emotions and moving through that process, like I do want to make, I'm coming back to that because 
I don't think we taught, not you and I, but I don't think we as society talk enough about the process, process that you've potentially been in to be able to make this decision and feel really secure in it. Um, it's not like it was just like it happened overnight for you, you know? Yes, you are strong and, and standing here and you're in your power right now, um, but it is so important to acknowledge that you didn't get here just by, you know, not dealing with it, if that makes sense. No, not at all. I think, you know, the one piece for me that still feels really difficult and will probably feel really difficult for some time is that my son will not have the benefit of being in the gym and being in that community because my daughter mm. loves it. She loves it there. She thrives in there. I, she is an extremely social kid. She will talk to anybody. You know, she'd go into the gym before COVID, obviously. If she was ever there after class, she was the first one running around high-fiving everybody and uh, talks about going to the gym and wanting to see all of her friends. And um, the fact that Miles isn't going to have that makes me deeply sad. Um, mm-hmm. but that's the one piece that I'm sure I'll have trouble letting go <laughs> for some Absolutely. time. Yeah. Um, but we have really beautiful memories of being in there with, with our daughter, mm-hmm. um, and watching her thrive in the community, accepting her and watching her sort of come alive. And I credit a lot of, um, why she is so loving and warm <laughs> and social to having been, been there in that environment. So that's the one piece that'll take some time for me, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Such a a special memory too, right? I have um, a few friends who right after, uh, maybe they were cleared. I don't know. It was a few years ago. They were doing your program at at your gym and they would bring their kids and they would work out. And I was like, that's amazing. I want to move to Bradford. (laughs) 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 Um, But I, I know like I don't know firsthand, I'll say secondhand of just how incredible the space was and the space you provided for, for moms and their children. And so, you know, I just want to thank you for being here today and for opening up and for sharing. I would love to have you back because I think you're awesome. And, um, and I would, I, I guess the one thing that I will ask, I will shift it a little bit, but Mm -hmm. if there's anything that you would go back and want to tell yourself, um, in March or even in January, you know, after everything, you know, now, if you were to go back and tell yourself then, or even your younger self, what would you, what would you tell her? Well, I, that's a good one. Let me think about that one. I know what I would tell myself, um, three and a half years ago with my daughter for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, the first, the biggest one is that "Eh, maybe I tell myself the same thing now. Mm -hmm. It's just that you have nothing to prove. And I think, you know, I felt that that sort of mindset after Hannah Mm -hmm. and feeling like, you know, I need to get back to where I was to prove that I'm this, you know? And I think, um, you know, saying that out loud now, I think that's a, would be another thing that would be very helpful for me then. Um, because this fear of failure was so, um, so loud for me, even before COVID. And I think if, if COVID taught me anything, Mm -hmm. it's that like, you sometimes just have to release what you need to release. And, and I tried so hard, you know, I, we did virtual videos, people didn't know I was pregnant when the gym closed. So we did uh, like a video every single day with the workout to try to keep our members engaged. Um, and we would do it from our garage. Right. And sometimes I would do it alone because my husband is a shift worker. Right. Um, and oftentimes I would, you know, get through it. I would turn off the camera and then I would be sick on the floor wow. because I, you know, dealing with morning sickness. And when you sort of, when I sort of set back and process, like not only did I, but I pour everything that I had emotionally, mentally into it, also physically in, in many ways. And I think, you know, 
I think I just, I don't have anything to prove to anybody. And, and as I sit here now feeling like, oh, you know, my business is closed. Or I'm closing my business and that, you know, what, it, what will people think? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, you know, I don't have it, nothing. It doesn't, you can think what you want. I don't have anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to anything prove. to prove to you, to anybody. Right. And right. all that really matters are the people that are in this house <laughs> that, yes. that I live with and, and myself and my, my marriage and my relationship with my children. Um, mm. Those are the things that, that really matter the most. So I think, yeah, saying that you have nothing to prove then I still have nothing to prove. So that's what I would tell myself. All the goosebumps right now. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely, 100%. And I just hope that everyone hears that so loud. Oh, getting me so emotional in this. (laughs) Because I I think too, anything to have learned in COVID times is like the most important people are, you know, like that's what matters. And Mm -hmm. and enriching and nurturing those relationships are what matter. Um, And you matter. And everything that you have, uh, everything that you have accomplished and everything that you have decided has all happened for you. Although I'm sure at sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Um, That's where my curiosity comes from because deep down I know that. So what is it, you know? Yeah. Show me. Show me what it is. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's coming. Right. And I just, I really am so, so, so grateful for you to be here today for sharing this. There's just so much grace and and energy around this and it's important to have these conversations. And I'm just really grateful for you to, to be here today and to share that. I thank you. I really, really from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And, um, I'm thinking of all you guys as you enjoy this, this time, you know, with, with miles and enjoy and, um, if anybody wants to reach out to you, um, follow along, follow your journey, where can they find you? Yeah, the best way is on Instagram. Okay. Um, I'm just laura.j.sinclair on Instagram. Uh, if you want to email me, you can. Um, my email's not going away. My business is <laughs> my gym. My physical gym's going away, but my email will still be there. Cool. It's just laura at bradfordstrength.com. Cool. Uh, you can email me that way. I'm always happy to, to chat. Uh, if you have questions about um, really anything related to anything we talked about. Um, if I don't have the answer, I can refer you to somebody that does. Yes, yes, yes. That's what community is for. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful. I would love to have you back in the new year when there's time. would love it. And um, just thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I want to hear from you. What did you love about today's podcast? What are you feeling inspired to do differently? Find us on Facebook at Redefining Motherhood and tell us all about it. You can also follow along on Instagram at the Nicole Weston. Here's the thing. We were never meant to do this alone, and it is time to redefine motherhood and live it on our terms. I believe we can have it all, and I believe in order to do that, we've got to do it differently. Follow along and let us know. Be sure to subscribe. We drop a new episode every Wednesday.